Welcome to Book Delight with Chrissy Wright, the podcast where readers can be all kinds of ways and books really are magic. I'm your host, Chrissy Wright. I'm an elementary teacher librarian in the Pacific Northwest. On this show, I aim to connect you and the kids in your life to more books you love. If the idea of blowing up your kidlit TBR appeals to you, you're in the right place. This week, I'm sharing a Reading Raves episode where I'm bringing you my favorite reads from the past month. At the time of this recording, I have finished 24 books in the month of August, excluding picture books. Of those, today I'm sharing nine that I especially enjoyed and would recommend to you. We've got three middle grade, three graphic novels, and three audiobooks. Note that I don't share about everything that I've read in these episodes. I don't want to publicly yuck anybody's yum. Rather, I'm sharing kind of my reading life highlights with you. I'm hoping that among them, you might find something you love or are excited to share with the kid readers in your life. So let's start off with three middle grade books that I loved this month. First up, When Sea Becomes Sky by Jillian McDunn. I first found this book as a serendipitous discovery when visiting Browser's Books in Olympia, Washington this summer. The opening sentence totally hooked me. I love it when that happens. And I was kind of on the hunt for a shorter page length, kind of gentle mystery to read aloud with my girls. And this seemed like it. In this story, Bex and brother Davey discover a mysterious underwater statue in the marsh. You get to read to find out where the statue came from and whether it just might be the key to saving their beloved marsh from out-of-town developers. Now, something happened as part of our reading experience that I want to tell you about, but it is kind of spoilery. So if you don't want that, tap ahead. But Many people who listen to this show I know are helping kid readers find their way to books that are right for them, and this kind of reading experience might not be quite right for some kids, so I think it could be helpful to know about. Let me explain. About 80% through this book, we discover that Bex is an unreliable narrator, Something we have believed so far, something that is foundational to the story, is very much not true. And my daughters, we were doing this as a read aloud, remember, were shocked. My 10-year-old started crying hysterically and repeating, I love this book and I hate this book. She then became very concerned that every book she reads in the future will have an unreliable narrator. She wants to know how to tell so she can avoid feeling this way in the future. That said, Jillian McDunn really lands the story as a heart-punching exploration of grief and loss, meanwhile layered with this eco-mystery plot. We ended up all loving the book, and in a way it was really cool to witness this foundational experience in my daughter's reading lives of experiencing a new-to-them kind of storytelling, but if I had known all of this, reading it as a bedtime read-aloud would maybe not have been the move for my particular readers. So I'm curious, does all of this make you want to read it? I kind of hope so. So if you pick it up, I would love to hear what you think. That was When Sea Becomes Sky by Jillian McDunn. Next up, Remember Us by Jacqueline Woodson. 
How many of us know the feeling of picking up a book by a beloved author and feeling a little nervous because you don't know if it will live up to your hopes? That was me with this book. How lucky then when I had the feeling that this might just be Jacqueline Woodson's best work yet. In this upper middle grade book, protagonist Sage feels like her world is on fire. There are the literal house fires around her Bushwick neighborhood. Then there's the things happening in her own life. We've got grief. We've got basketball. We've got history of black firefighters in Brooklyn. We've got a platonic ode to a friendship for the ages. And we've got a girl navigating female identity. Who gets to decide what that looks like and what to do when someone projects something onto you and how it makes you feel? I read this book back at the start of the month, and thinking back on it, two things about my reading experience that have really stayed with me are, number one, the way the words sit on the page. This book has teeny tiny snack-sized chapters and tons of white space within those tiny chapters. It really gives the story and the mood space to breathe on the page. It works really well. Second thing, the abiding mood of grief and savoring the present and the way those opposite feelings can sit right on top of each other in your life. That was Remember Us by Jacqueline Woodson, and it's coming out on October 10th. Okay, the third middle grade book that I want you to know about is The Clackety by Laura Senth. So one of my big surprises of the summer was that I ended up loving a lot of horror, something I would usually actively avoid. I'm calling my niche kind of, quote, hopeful horror. For me, these are books that boast lovable characters and kind of an upswing in the narrative arc that offers a feeling of optimism that can offset (laughs) the weird, creepy stuff. The clackety fits right in to this mood. So in this book, protagonist Evie is on a quest to rescue her aunt Desdemona from the clackety and the world of terrors that he represents. There are lots of things to love about this book. Here are some. Our protagonist Evie gives us great anxiety representation on the page, but she also has swagger. What a fun balance, right? I also love that Evie's quest takes her through seven houses. We know this from the beginning of her quest. She has to make it through seven. So this helps us to know how far she's come so far and how far she has left to go, which for those of us who are creepy, curious, but not hardcore yet, like me, really helps us to know how much creepy is left and whether we can make it through. That structure helped me a lot as a reader. Overall, this book has kind of a wry, charming narrative voice that brings just enough warmth to the sinister on the pages. Um, We are in luck. The sequel, The Night Housekeeper, comes out October 17th. So if you read and love The Clackety, you get to read the follow-up so soon. That was The Clackety by Laura Senth. Next up, let's talk graphic novels. So I want to start off by giving you some honorable mentions. 
These are graphic novels that I also read and enjoyed this month, but I already talked about them in episode five. That was a book list episode where I talked all about chaos comics. So the three books I read this month that I talked about on that episode were Ham Helsing by Rich Moyer, Trouble Town by Stephen Pastis, and the What Happens Next series by Jess Smart Smiley. So if big humor and lots of chaos sounds right for your readers, go back and listen to episode five. Okay, now I have three fresh titles for you. First graphic novel for you today is called Saving Chupi by Amparo Ortiz. In this story, Violetta is visiting her grandma in Puerto Rico to help grandma reopen her restaurant. But when grandma doesn't really need or want her help, Violetta stumbles onto a different adventure than she expected. She finds herself protecting the neighborhood's baby chupacabra from hunters. This is Mythical Creatures meets a middle school friendship story. I especially loved how this one portrayed real fights between friends, but also modeled some not cheesy ways to work through those problems. This book will be a hit for your thrill seekers and animal lovers alike, and it has an ending with a whole trove of mythical creatures for your paranormal fanatics. That was Saving Chupi by Amparo Ortiz. The next graphic novel I want you to know about is Eerie Tales from the School of Screams by Graham Annabelle. This is for your upper elementary readers who want to keep the did that really just happen vibes from John Clausen's The Skull going. Now, I think I saw John Clausen recommend this one on his Instagram stories or something, but the internet is a fickle mistress, and of course, I now can't find it. But that was kind of the vibe I was bringing when I sat down to read this book. The newly crowned king of dark but charming horror for kids says yes, and it delivered. So this one felt kind of like Wayside School meets Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. In this story, members of one class are taking turns telling a scary story each. As readers, we alternate between their classroom and being immersed in each kid's story. It achieves this weirdo balance of levity and horror. We're chuckling, and then we're wondering, wait, did that entire town really just die? Spoiler, yes, yes, they did. The cartoon style in this book kind of takes the edge off of the intensity of the horror elements, and lots is left to inference. If you are like a fifth grader middle school teacher teaching inference and you want a text that's going to be engaging as heck, the inference in this one is off the charts. Um, my usually sensitive 10-year-old gobbled it up, and she did not find it too scary, just as one reader data point for you. So that was Eerie Tales from the School of Screams by Graham Annabel. The third graphic novel I want to tell you about today is Misfit Mansion by Kay DeVol. This book is a hit for your kids who want to put the cute into creepy. In this story, Iris is one of many residents of Misfit Mansion. It's a sort of foster home for horrors, but Iris and the other horrors are eager to explore the town and they really want to attend the annual Harvest Festival. As you can imagine, when they try to do so, problems ensue. 
This is found family and small town festival vibes with a side of exploring who creates and maintains fear. The sweet, big-eyed aesthetic of the art here also takes the edge off the scare factor of a house full of terrors. This is a great pick for your fans of Garlic and the Vampire. That was Misfit Mansion by Kay DeVoe. Okay, last up today, I have some audiobooks for you. These are a mix of middle grade and short chapter books, but I wanted to share them together in this section because I read and enjoyed all three on audio and really enjoyed them in that format. First audiobook, Elf Dog and Owl Head by M.T. Anderson. This is a short middle grade fantasy with kind of a classic storytelling sensibility. It's just 240 pages long, but it has light illustrations throughout that help make that page count feel even shorter. On audio, it's about four hours. In this story, protagonist Clay is stuck at home during COVID lockdown, and all he wants is a dog. When an elegant little dog with a bejeweled collar shows up, it seems perfect. But Clay soon discovers that this dog is, in fact, the hunting dog of elves. He's then sucked into a world-hopping adventure where he learns about the magic in the forest around him that has always been layered with his own reality. We have owl-headed neighbors, charming sibling story, kids who outplay grown-ups, and so much surreal adventure. That was Elf Dog and Owlhead by M.T. Anderson. The next audiobook I want you to know about is actually a series of short chapter books. This is the Monster and Boy series by Hannah Barnaby. Now, I have read and loved this series before, both on the page myself and as a family read aloud. But during a drive this summer, my son specifically requested that we try it on audio. So we did, and we loved it all over again. In this series, Monster and Boy have adventures like getting swallowed, oops, or navigating a new sister joining the family. The narrative voice in this series is really warm and cozy, and the books are short, around 40 minutes each on audio, so they can make just a really quick, sweet, satisfying listen. In my family, we sometimes like to pop a short cha- a short chapter audiobook on in between longer middle grade listens that might take us, you know, a couple of weeks or longer to get through during our commutes. So that was the Monster and Boy series by Hannah Barnaby. The third audiobook that I want you to know about is Cece Rios and the River of Souls by Kayla Rivera. I picked this one up because it is a nominee for the Sasquatch Award this year. That is a kid reader voted award for my state's library association. I had also seen colleagues rave about it when it came out, but I just had not gotten to it yet. And I am so glad that we finally did this summer. So this is a middle grade magical adventure and it is set in the desert. In this book, protagonist Cece lives with the legends of the criaturas, creatures that roam the desert and threaten any human passersby. So when Cece's sister is captured by a criatura, Cece must then become a bruja and embark on a quest to get her sister back. 
This is a hit for your thrill seekers and for readers who love stories of family loyalty and figuring out who you are. I love that there's lots of Spanish integrated into the text, and the narration on the audio production of this book is fabulous. I really recommend that you try it on audio. If you read and love this one, you are in luck because the sequel, C.C. Rios and the King of Fears, is coming out on September 5th. So that was C.C. Rios and the River of Souls by Kayla Rivera. So that rounds out the lineup for this month's edition of Reading Raves. Next month, we are going to be diving in to all things audiobooks. So all month long, we're going to have themed episodes focused on audio. I'm so excited. You can come back and join me next week for a book list episode where I will share some of my favorite adventure audiobooks for middle graders. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And since this is a new show, I would especially love it if you would share it with a kidlit loving friend or share it on social media and tag me so we can connect. If you want more book delight in your life from me, Chrissy, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at Library Chrissy. You can also follow the show at Book Delight Pod and subscribe to my kidlit newsletter by visiting librarychrissy.substack.com. Thanks for listening and happy reading.